Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Mana on the Rocks. It's I, Joe. Today, we have Atlas. Hello, everybody. This week, we are talking about one of the most fundamental skills a Magic player can possibly have. No, that's not choosing to play the blue deck. That's cringe. We like being cringe here. No, it's uh, it's mulligan decisions. Uh, figuring out your starting hand uh, has a critical critical role on how the game is going to play out and your role in the game. Uh, and that's largely what we talk about. Get into a few fun tangents here and there. But speaking of tangents, Atlas, what do we got on the docket for your announcements? It's announcement time, everybody. Okay, so um, once again, I don't think there's a whole lot that's coming up, um, but uh, we do have a couple of events that we're going to be playing at. Next one is going to be CEDH's Fall Brawl. Um, that's going to be up in Issaquah, Washington on the 7th of October. So a very, very short uh, week and a half away. Uh, we're basically there at this point. Um, that's so, insane. Yeah, if you haven't already, sign up. There are still some slots left, but the event does cap at 60 players. So make sure that you uh, hurry up and register. It's going to be a really good time. We're going to have a lot of really talented players. It's going to be a lot of really good games. Um, you'll be able to, of course, uh, see myself and Joe there, um, so we'll be uh, looking forward to playing with you if you do happen to come. Uh, and then the next event uh, following that, um, it's the next month, but November 4th, um, Gabby's Olympic Cards and Comics is having their next OCCS, which is the Olympic Commander Challenger Series. Um, that's our local store. Um, it's their, their quarterly event for um, Competitive Commander. And um, for the first time ever, uh, the shop is allowing 10 proxies per deck. Let's go. So that Let's is go. a huge step. We're really excited. Uh, hopefully it serves to at least crack the format open um, to a couple more players. And then maybe we can make even more progress in the future. But that's going to be really exciting. Um, the turnout there is always pretty good. Uh, the competition is, of course, fierce. So um, that's going to be a lot of fun. And then um, just two weeks after that, on the 18th and 19th of November, once again, mark your calendars and you're definitely going to want to be at this. It is PDX's first ever um, Pacific Northwest Regional Championship for Commander. So uh, that group, uh, PDX Commander, has uh, set up a regional championship circuit that has since concluded. And there are a bunch of players who were able to qualify and get their tickets uh, paid for just by winning the the, the smaller events. Um, it is a $60 entry fee, I believe, um, for uh, the event that's going to be held in Graham, Washington. And that's going to be um, a 100-player cap. So very large event for the Pacific Northwest. I don't think I've seen one of this size in a while, probably since, like, Marchesa uh, back in, like, 2021. So that's... Frick, yeah, this yeah. will be the largest tournament since it's gonna be huge it's gonna be exciting God, it's gonna that, be awesome that tournament had so many replica uh like ripple effects throughout the entire community yeah it really helped insane. set the stage and like yeah. move up command competitive commander as a tournament scene so that's gonna be super exciting um from what i understand this regional circuit is gonna be a thing that continues in the future um so you're definitely gonna want to be able to say that you participated in the first one so go ahead and register for that it's gonna be a, a really good time um i'll be there i think joe's trying to make it we're mm -hmm. gonna have a bunch of other really good players from all over the pacific northwest who are coming to rep their stores and their skills and their favorite commanders so it's gonna be a really good time um 
Lastly, uh, this uh, this announcement is to plug our Discord channel that we've set up, um, the Mana on the Rocks. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So thank you, uh, thank you, Joe, and our friend Christian, who's our other mod, and they've uh, helped set up the server. Um, but actually. On that note, if you hop in the server, you're actually gonna be able to help um, help us decide on topics for episodes. Um, there's a submissions channel, and so we've had been having some dialogue with people, and I would actually like to thank Owl Deer for their submission, um, saying they'd like to hear more about mulligans, and since mm -hmm. that's what this episode is about, thank you, Owl Deer, for your idea. It was a fantastic um, topic, and we had a really good time discussing it. Um, but other than that, I think we're just about ready to go. We are just about ready, however, Speaking of the Discord, we did launch a Patreon last week. One of the things I said we would do is we would shout out a fantastic random patron. Uh, I want to shout out Justin, first patron. Figured we'd give him a little shout out. Appreciate you, buddy. Love you. Love that you're supporting us. Uh, you should come on down. Get a drink with us. Mulligans! 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, mulligans. Mulligan, <laughs> mulligan, mulligan. That was a golf term, right? initially uh, i i may i think so I think I feel, maybe i feel i feel like that started out as a golf term or like i, I was told it was a golf term don't quote me on that though like historical significance i i don't feel comfortable saying for certain that it was okay but it seems seems like it okay so i have you on record saying yeah i don't know what a mulligan is that is that is correct i honestly i'm still figuring that out <laughs> okay that's that's valid uh yeah mulligans um Probably the best mulligan I think in most magic right now exists in Commander, just because our first mulligan's free. Like we get to just see seven, we get to see fourteen cards for free. Well, let's start with the fun fact. Mm -hmm. um, for any of our listeners, did y'all know that it doesn't matter what format of magic you're playing, if you have more than one opponent, you get a free mulligan according to the rules. Mm -hmm. That is true. Yep, that is correct. You do not, you do not have to pitch down from seven to six if you have more than one opponent, even if you're playing sixty card, whatever. Um, Battle Royale or anything like that. That's just literally written into the rules. That said, <laughs> there are no formats other than Commander where that usually comes up, like, with any, like, seriousness. Yeah, there's not really, like, a three-person magic format that I know that's popular. Or four-person, like, 60-card, like, anything yeah. other than Commander, right? Like, yeah, at that it's point, it's just, like, you're playing friendlies, like, Battle Royale with your friends yeah. or whatever. And it's like, like custom rule sets and whatnot, yeah. 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 It's not quite as serious. Uh, yeah, learning to wield the Mulligan Commander is is such a big thing. It's it's so huge. Like, I, it's it's one of the like most direct ways that you can influence and like improve your game. I feel at least for for me, making sure I Mulligan more. Like, not even just like making like thinking through differently. Just like, nope, I don't want this hand. Just get it out of here. Like, have that be my first thought has already improved my gameplay. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the hardest things to get your head around. Um when you're like trying to level up your gameplay is the fact that it's okay to go down below seven to start the game below seven cards because mm -hmm. i feel i think feel like people who may start magic they come from a 60 card format it feels so bad if you're going down below seven which a lot of times you have to you have mm -hmm. to go to six or even five sometimes it's mm -hmm. just truly unplayable before that but you feel like you're so lost like the game is already over you might stand a chance but the game is just, you're so far behind because you don't have the options that your one other opponent does and they just have to outvalue, right? If you end up with no mm -hmm. cards in hand, they're gonna win. Yeah, the, the card advantage is just gonna overwhelm your opponent. Like, the amount of times that I have, like, felt decent on five against my opponent's, like, snap keep seven in 1v1, uh, it, it, very, very few times, very, very few times. And honestly, it's mostly, it most likely ends up, or the, the times that I've won those games have mostly been because of critical misplay 
less so because of like, oh, my my five cards were just gods here and they had seven medium cards. Like, that doesn't happen often. Yeah, not really. Especially with like, like multiple copies of cards and like the redundancy factor, right? It's just mm -hmm. a lot easier to draw into what you need. And then if they're on seven, they're going to draw into even more of what they need because they have fewer cards in their deck. Mm -hmm. So it's just, yeah. Definitely. But Commander, it's different. feels a lot better. feels yeah. a lot better to go to five. <laughs> yeah, that's the weird thing to me, is like, once I started like making the conscious decision to mulligan just more, and once again, more, not sculpting, whatever, um, you realize that like, oh, going to six is functionally free. Yes, more or less. Like, you get your first actually free mulligan, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, um, that's awesome. Like, you see a first seven, and you're like, I'm not sure about this, throw a bet. Yeah. basically just throw it back it's free mm -hmm. <laughs> that's why they call it that mm -hmm. um but then but then after that you even going to six you're like like this seven seems okay but like i'm in third seat i want something a little more aggressive there's no fast mana i'll go to five like see if i can get at least a draw inch or something maybe like like stumble upon a mystic remora on turn one or, or route to like a dock side or something something useful and then and then even at six like i know that this is for me like going below six is the hard part now it's like like i see these six and i'm like this is like okay like this card's really good but and sometimes it's even like man this hand is like i would consider this unplayable if i were at first or even second seven but i don't think have five cards in hand and it's like no you get to see seven cards every time you just throw those cards back and then you select the best five cards out of the next seven you see. And, and you draw a card on your first turn. And you draw a card. So functionally you're starting with six, even though one of them is blank. Yeah, it's just, it's it's a very different just way of looking at it compared to 60, where like, because there are a hundred card singletons, like there are so many different permutations of opening hands, especially with all the fast mana and stuff that make, make hands just not even playable, but actively good from just like, even four cards that you might stop start with and even if you're keeping a hand of four that you get an extra blank card you start with five in your hand even if you're only holding four at the beginning of the game so it's it's a really interesting dynamic i would, I would say that i would actually i've actually i feel like i've lost to more opponents who mulligan to four than i have to opponents who mulligan to like six or five like and that's just because they see enough cards and they know what their deck does and they're like all right these seven cards these are the four best cards and these are going to get me what i want what i want to do this game so i'm going to keep these full it's it's really interesting really really interesting yeah and i, I think i i heard it explained once that like if you mult a six you functionally have um a conspiracy that says look at the top 21 choose six of them and it's like yeah everyone everyone would play that obviously why not yes yeah it, it's so I, good. that's it's, a great way of saying it what yeah. the heck yeah, I, I forget where I heard it from. I think it was on like an old like Playing With Power podcast episode or something like that. Uh, and I heard that I'm like, oh yeah, that is kind of true. And then I proceed to like not mulligan for like six months. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. like, nah, these hands are great. But I'm playing Rakdos Jank, so I have to keep better hands. No, uh, absolutely. And like before we even get to like the minutia of like figuring out like, oh, my hand like leads to this thing. That's gonna be really good to stop here. Like what do you, what do you look for in a hand broadly speaking? Uh, and all, I guess we'll start with like first or second position because uh, I feel like seat one, seat two, your hands change dramatically from if you're going seat three, seat uh, seat three, and absolutely seat four. I, I, I don't know if that's true, at least for me. Really? So okay. the way that I classify cards in my head, it's like obviously you have like instants, you have tears, mm -hmm. blah blah blah, blah like all those things. 
Um, but when I'm mulliganing, I classify cards a little bit differently in my head. I think about it as lands, uh, ramp, and action. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah, I, and action. I guess I guess lands are ramp when I'm thinking. Sorry, I'm trying to break it apart in my head here. But I guess, I guess it's like, it's ramp, action, and interaction. Mm -hmm. Those are the three categories that I think are probably like the best way to describe the way that I look at hands when I'm mulliganing. And lands fall into ramp because they produce you mana. Basically, anything that's going to produce mana is ramp. Um, whether it's fast mana or a dork or anything like that or not, it's it's ramp. And then there's interaction, which can be anything from a counterspell to a removal spell to even a stacks piece. Um, and then action, which would be could be a tutor, it could be um, a draw engine, it could be like a combo piece. It just kind of depends on like what the, the deck is. It could even be a wheel if you're playing wheels. If you have like a, a really early wheel, that's mm -hmm. that could be a piece of action. Um, but those are the way the the three categories in my hand, and I try to. In, at least in seat one and seat two, I my hands always have to have action in them. If I'm not keeping hand with action, there's got to be a very, very specific reason why. If I'm in seat one or two, yeah, yeah. And then in seat, um, in seats three and four, um, I'm still looking for action, but depending on the pot I'm in, I might be a little bit more leaning towards um, interaction, or even um, even because my deck is Kenrith, like even just rank. If, if I have a, a deck with a lot of, or not a deck, a hand with a lot of ramp in it, and I'm in seat three or four, and I have like one solid piece of interaction, I might even just keep that hand, depending on like what mulligan I'm on and what seat I'm in, just because my commander can technically be action. Mm -hmm. Like if I get to five mana, then I, and I have four on the next turn, I can start drawing cards, which is not great. It's a really slow draw engine but it is a draw engine and so it is it can be considered action true true and i think i think the way that you have postured yourself and like position yourself like even just like having a kenrith and literal nothing in your hand will cause the game to shift to some capacity like there, there is there is a meaningful action and change that happens when you go i am casting kenrith the return yeah i i mean i feel like like i I think a lot of commanders have that same impact mm -hmm. on the game, like depending on what they do. Like obviously, most lists, Rograk isn't gonna do. Like, He's there to enable be, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be like okay, so like, casting Rograk obviously because it's free. Blah 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 blah. They're gonna make some mana off of it, or they're gonna use it to turn on their Mox Amber or something like that. Um, their their SWATs available now. Um, so it's a little bit like fine or whatever. Uh, versus like if someone goes, um. Someone goes like Thrasios, that's gonna have a definite impact on the game. So as soon as Tivit hits gets like mm -hmm. hits the stack, that has an impact on the mm -hmm. game. Um I think I also going back to Rograk, because that card is so weird. Um, I think that there's also like this weird dynamic where in Rograk poly lists, like whether it's Teamer, uh Teamer uh Rograk poly or like Trog or something like that, it's like if that's one of the the times where if Rograk goes onto the battlefield, well now that's altering the way I'm playing because I'm holding up. If I'm see if I see me and then Trog, I might be I might be holding up like a Bowmasters that I can cast on turn one or like uh, like a counter spell or um, so like some like some removal spell for for Rograk so that as soon as they put their Polymorph on the stack uh, the stack kill that goblin bitch boy because <laughs> fuck him. Little bitch boy Rograk over here. He's so I hate small. That girl. He's so I small. hate that card. 
He's a funny card. I think he does funny things. Uh, he does very funny things. I hate him. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's uh, that's definitely a hallmark of like having like just a good commander is like by yeah. the time that people are considering it coming out, like it's going to change the course of things. Um, absolutely. Because like you said, like I think Thrasios decks specifically, and your your list to to an extent, um, because you have a mana sink in the command zone, you are allowed to keep those. Just I have mana. I'm going to. I'm going. What, what is my game plan? Mana. That's the game. We'll worry <laughs> like about everything else afterwards. Mana. <laughs> but right now, we're playing mana. That's what yeah. we're doing. Um, I, I won a game just the other day because I kept a. I was in. I think it was in third seat. I kept a hand that was like it was just a lot of mana and like one counter spell. It was <laughs> like. I think it was like a mana dork, um, three lands. Um, an offer you can't refuse, um, and uh, a, maybe, maybe an Esper Sentinel. Maybe. I, I think I had no, one more creature. Because one of my lands was Geist. Oh, And I was just like, this hand is a lot of mana, and we'll just cast a Kenrith and counter someone's win attempt on our way to casting Kenrith. And mm -hmm. then, the, like, it just made so much mana. I was like, alright, this will win us. That's that's the value of having a outlet in the command zone, all of Thrasios, all of Kenrith, or anything like that, because though you you you're able to create those games where you can pseudo bluff that you have stuff going on, uh, and then just do the control thing where you're like, oh cool, I didn't need to do anything. I'm gonna draw my card and untap now. Uh, and that, yep. that's just a really powerful thing for any deck to be able to like tap into uh, just yeah. like, its toolbox, really. Um, yeah, and I. I think I would classify a lot of my hands pretty similarly. Uh, I I would I generally switch like action for like game plan. Like okay, like this hand is doing this. Is do I think uh, like casting Warnog early is is useful? Do I think you know trying to rush my win attempt is good here? Do I think um, it, do does this hand have like mana plus way to get to like a stacks creature? Like how how fast can I get to Dalphy? How fast can I get to like? Dran Magistrate or Opposition Agent or, or like or like stuff like that. I, I view it more in terms of game plan rather than singular action. But yeah, like, apart I, from that, I, I view I view hands pretty similarly. Like I want I want I want something to stop someone or a way to get there, and I want something that I want to be doing. Yeah, I think that's a really good like just that's just a great idea in general. Is like be able to ideally you want all three. You want some yeah, amount of no, ramp, you want some amount of interaction, and you want some amount of action. Mm -hmm. Um. I think like the old diagrams classically was like two lands, one to two pieces of fast mana, interaction, and like a tutor. Or it's like an I quote unquote ideal hand from the, the yeah, old diagram when CDH started. Um yeah, like those are really good examples. Um I I I think for me, I don't really game plan I do consider, like what is this hand telling me to do? But I think for me it's a lot more flexible because mm -hmm. just the way that I play the game is less, it's less focused on, all right, what do my cards tell me? Like, what is my hand telling me to do? And like, what can I like, how can I use these cards in different situations? Like what, what do, role do I need to be filling in this spot? Like, for example, I just picked up, um, I'm starting to play Grixis now. Um, I, I know I, I honestly, I am a hater still and I dislike myself, but, um, but it is fun. Um, playing um, and hello the painter is mm -hmm. just like this off-meta janky Grixis commander. Um, just because it does cool stuff with Beseech the Mirror, and I really like that card. Card's um, good. So shout out to shout out to the rest of the CDH team, my people helping me 
through that list. Um, thank you all so much. It's been a lot of fun to play. Um, but even with that, like, right, your um, your your game plan sometimes is very evident from your opening hand, where it's like, all right, we're gonna go like cast ad nauseum as fast as possible with this hand, or um, or like we're on an underworld breach plan here. But I think, at least for me, um, I'm much more okay pitching away like quote unquote good hands for decks um, in order to like sort of fit where I'm at in the pod. And mm. I don't know that. Maybe that's something that other people do, but I, th I feel like that's something that's not necessarily talked about. And that, but that's just something I really considered, like as a player. I'm like, all right, I'm in seat this. This is what the other decks at the table are. Um, we are going to need to, or I'm going to need to make sure that I am able to play around um, an early Winota because they're going before me. Or I'm going to need to make sure that I have a counter spell for the the turbo deck and they're going right after me so I can still play a little greedy as long as like I I know that I have at least one counter spell up to stop this. That's just something that I think about. Yeah, I guess I guess I also view again like there are there are ideas there that I think I always pull from. Like if Tivit's on the table or we like Winota's on the table. I'm usually gonna mulligan for like Drannith Magistrate or something. Like I, I that is the one card that I'm, unless the hand is literally seven non-lands and like one of those non-lands is Drannith, like I'll consider that one. I will strongly <laughs> consider that one. It depends on what like the rest of the hand is. I guess I need like some like one drops. Like I just I want things to be able to cast. I guess I still am like holding on to that like regular EDH commander mentality of I have lands and spells. We'll just play it and we'll just jam it. And it, trying to take a step back and think more critically on like, okay, does this hand get there? Do I think this game plan is applicable? Do I think this hand is effective? Um, does this hand stop someone really hard? Um, it are the questions that I frequently ask myself. Um, less so beyond, oh, I can actually like just cast things with this with with this hand, and, and that's a that's a hard trap to break out of because I think a lot of the times, especially when you're playing like a pile sort of that. Um, you look at all these cards in your hand. You're like, yeah, all these cards are really good, and I can cast them. We're gonna absolutely keep. We're gonna absolutely keep them. But you have to take that a step further, I think. And that's that's been the thing that I've been trying to make sure that I do is like think through the hand, think through the sequence. How does this interact? Where is my place on the table? Who's the beat down? A lot of those questions. Um, yes. And that and that helps a lot, a lot. Like, have you gone back to read the Who's the Beat Down article recently? That article really I feel like good. I reread that every three months, not gonna lie. That article's, like, I found that article, like, a year into me playing Magic, and it is still relevant today. It is incredible. If you if you haven't read it, fuck it, I'll just put it in, I'll just put it in the description, because everybody should read this. It or is, check it out in our Discord. Absolutely. We'll throw it in there, too. Absolutely. Check out the Discord as well. Um... It is, it is still to this day one of my favorite and most influential, like, magic things that I have read, period. Uh, for it's those, a really good article. It's very good. Uh, for, for those not in the know, it essentially poses the question of, okay, who's the aggressor in this, in a matchup, in any given matchup, and who is the defending one? Because there's always, it's always going to be one player is going to be either or. And it's figuring out, okay, if you are playing control you're not trying to beat the aggro deck by trying to play faster you're trying to beat the aggro deck by playing control better flip side of that if you're aggro you're not trying to stop them landing there you're not trying to stop them from turning the corner you're trying to kill them before the, the corner even comes so don't even don't even think about trying to go to the long game your your game plan is to kill immediately if you're control your your game plan is to live long because you are going to get there inevitably they cannot 
Yep. Yeah. It's a really, really well written article. Very easy to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, and has some some nice historical context with cards like Cursed Scroll and stuff like that. So <laughs> so you can read that. It'll be a little little fun callback to anyone who might know some mm -hmm. of the older cards. But um, yeah, I think. I think you especially mentioned like mulliganing for Draineth, and that's like I feel like that's a lot of like the way that I play, right? I'm like, okay, I'm sitting here with this control list. What do I need to answer the rest of the table? If I'm going earlier in rotation, it might be just be like I'm going to force out a Ristic study, and then I'm just gonna make people either not cast their spells when they want to, um, by having to wait at least a turn because of sphere like, sphere resistance effect, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Or they can, but I'm also gonna go one. I'm gonna go plus one on each negative one they do for cards, and that's also super okay with me most of the time because um, I'm putting more resources in my hand that I can use to stop you. I went on this massive kick about a month back of oh, like I don't know what it was, but I felt like all of my pods are super commander reliant, so I felt like every single game I was mulliganing down to like five or four even sometimes i'm like does this cast or get turn one or two draineth magistrate and then not and good enough all, Bucko. not good that's, enough that's all i cared about is like just get draineth turn one turn two and i that card carried me through so many games because you throw that card down and everyone's like well i can't kill it because then if i kill it the next person's gonna get their commander and their commander is better than my commander because they're casting it without spending any resources and so it's just like yeah, I'll get on to four and cast this turn one drain with Man Street. Everyone's like, well, fuck. Well, shit. <laughs> I guess there I'm not killing it. And you're just like, okay, cool. Your game plan just out yeah, the yeah. Window. You're just like, yeah, that's fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna top deck a land and play a land. I'm gonna top deck a tutor, play a tutor. I'm gonna top deck a this, play a that. And and you just, you just ride that and let that drain with Magistrate sit there because it, no, everyone's so petrified of removing no it. No one can because, touch it. Because because I mean, it's petrified. They're scared, but they have good reason to be because you can't remove it mm -hmm. before the next guy wins. It's mm -hmm. a weird. It's a weird, weird card that Drain of Magistrate. Yeah. How matchups, so it sounds like matchups matter a lot for you when considering your mulligan. Oh, super, super. Um, I, I definitely have in my mind like matchup spreads. Like, all right, my deck pairs up really well against this list and pretty well against that list, but it's not very good against that list. But this other list in the pod matches up really well against them. So like I can push them into fighting into fighting player four using their resources to drag them down. Well, I can, well, I can meanwhile fo focus on like 1v1ing player player two and then um and then like try and pull ahead this way and so those are like the types of scenarios that i play out in my head right it's where uh, where i i'm like try developing alliances in my head before the game starts or like developing something i do really frequently is i look at my hand and i have the, my first two turns slotted like it it almost doesn't matter what my opponents do, or unless I top deck something crazy. Like, unless the game state gets super scuffed out of nowhere. It's like, I know what I'm going to do for the next two turns. I'm going to draw, I'm going to play a land, I'm going to cast this spell, and I'm going to cast that spell, and I'm going to pass. And then I'm going to draw draw a card, I'm going to play a land, I'm going to cast this spell, and I'm going to cast that spell, and I'm going to pass. Uh, and I just, I just know exactly how my turns are going to go, barring somebody's doing something just... Or like a win attempt or like a crazy stacks piece yeah. or something, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like I'm always trying to like live in the moment of my turns. I feel like I'm always trying to like figure things out as I'm going. As you can tell, I do that a lot. Um, but even so, like, I, I usually have some sort of rough game plan, some sort of like rough idea of like what I need to be trying to do at any given pod. Um, more often than not, I'm usually trying to gauge where essentially how fast people are going. I guess um, I'm usually trying to figure out like, okay, 
this this deck's gonna try and establish this first. This deck's gonna try and like go for a win first. This this deck is totally okay with like just kind of sitting it back and then running from there. Um, I don't pregame any of my politics. I think I've said this in the past. That, I, I still think that's wild that you pregame your politics. Basically. I lock and load moves before I even sit down at the table, man. Mm -hmm. um, no, but it's yeah. I I don't know. I feel like I try to live in the moment sometimes, but also like. You all make it so hard on yourselves by playing these decks that play at different speeds. I know when I sit down at any table, I know who the beatdown is, and it's not me. It's never <laughs> I you. I am playing control. It's never you. It's never you. I I want that game to go to time. That's where I'm at. And that's why we deny you card draw. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. We, that's why we stomp on your value engines. <laughs> Guys, no, I need the control magic. I was oh man, I was playing a playing a practice game with some of our some of our peoples uh the other night and um I had a what turn two Ristic study and it got pyroblasted on turn three or four and then I had a I cast a one ring two turns later and that immediately got countered, but someone else resolved a one ring like that same turn or the turn before. Uh, yeah, it was just game. like mm -hmm. <laughs> and then and then I, I did something else and um oh I think I opt a Sisse activation, I captured Italian, and I, and people were talking about like ah maybe we, guys maybe we got maybe cap, counter kill this Italian. I was like, guys, please, please let me have something. Just give me a toy. Something, guys. I <laughs> promise I'm not gonna misuse it. I'm just gonna draw like five cards. Don't It'll worry be fine, about I swear. it. Don't worry about it. No. Yeah. Um yeah, I it, it's it's always an ongoing thing like i want to get better at politics i, mean, I am getting better at politics and like it, trying to like factor that into my hands is always like a weird weird thing i just it's just not a skill i've like fully cultivated or like understood like how to employ yeah it's i think i think factoring politics into mulligans is something that's like really weird and i wouldn't mm -hmm. recommend that people try to do it for the most part because i don't really think it works i would i wouldn't say that i try and i try and combine politics with my mulligans yeah so much as like it's like, like one dictating like, one you're just yeah i draw like yeah. parallels mm -hmm. if that makes sense okay. like in my okay. in my mind i'm like all right this hand does this and this player likes that mm. which means that i'm going to be able to make them an ally and like this hand does this and this player doesn't like it but because that player doesn't like it so much the other two players are totally on board with it even though it's not good for that yeah like yeah. that style of Okay. And so it's oh, like okay. those types sense. of things, that right? Makes sense, then. Where it's like, I'm like, it's like, what's, what's a good way? Of, uh, what's a good example? It's like, um, like Winota and Tivit, right? Like me, Winota, Tivit, and like Grogside. I like turn on Ristic Study and Tivit has Force of Will, or like Winota's going before me and they have Red Blast or something. It's like obviously Ristic not good for them. They do not like it. But also like, it's so much. You can make an argument there. You can be like, the guys, Rogside likes it so much yeah. less than you. Just let it resolve. Mm -hmm. And maybe they play balls to the walls into it, but then you also have your counter spell still, and they have to fight into a Ristic study. Just let it happen. And sometimes like that style of thinking, right? Or you can be like, just let, just let this ride and force the other players to play around it because mm -hmm. it hurts you less than it hurts the other. People. And they're like, and a lot of times that works. And people are like that, like that makes sense. I can. I can play around this card. Other people can't play around this card, so I guess I'm okay with it for now. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's interesting. That's that's a it's definitely a dynamic of the game that I haven't really considered. I guess because I'm like I'm, I hesitate to say like I'm trying to be ignorant of the rest of the table because I'm I'm always super conscious of my actions at the table. 
Um, but like a lot of the times, like anytime I'm trying to jam something, I'm like, I, this is like, you're either going to stop me here or like, it's going to resolve. But also half the time, the stuff I'm trying to resolve are creatures. So you're going to counter spell this? What counter spells? Removal? Yeah. Never heard of her, you know, kind of, kind of those deals. It, like I'm, I'm looking to be the big threat at the table. Is is what I is what I is what I want to do. I like being in that power position. I think I had a, I think I had a game a while ago, like I, like untapped and I had like Pod plus Vivian plus Dockside. My hand was just stacked, um, and I was just like, okay, we're gonna turn the corner, and I I am now gonna be arch enemy. And I think I tried to win over the course of three turn cycles, like four or five different times in like three oh different uh, in like three different three different ways i got there eventually just because like i landed both a pod and a vivian and i had everything in rotation plus a meal dockside still uh still uh, waiting it back up um so I, I i think i'm usually trying to always be the beatdown. down I, I think my hands generally dictate that uh, i think jake once like you're not a control deck like you you can keep reactive hands and you play the reactive game but you're not the control deck like that's not your that's not your it's not your role here i'm like i agree with that to an extent and it's really hard to try and like wield that specifically when you're not having blue but, like no guys like please i am fine drawing cards like yes i'm gonna get my win attempts blah 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 blah. but i have so much interaction that you can't you, like you can't deal with the things that i can deal with you y'all are gonna be more than capable of handling the things that i can't so let me handle the stuff that you can't you know and that's yeah, that's, a, I, that's a harder thing to try and like get people on board with i think definitely i think um it was phrased it was phrased really well i was talking with um with uh one of our our people players that we know tyler myers um great player um and they were telling me that sometimes like sometimes you have the counter spell right and there's a stack piece that's hitting the table that you really really hate like you're playing like playing a, a dockside deck or something and someone's putting a null rod on the stack and you have the counter spell for it you and no one else does it. but and you want to counter it so bad but also like sometimes it doesn't like you just let it hit and it doesn't matter because someone else, as long as you can, you know that someone else is going to need or want to remove that later, like they, they'll take care of it for you. Mm -hmm. and you can then capitalize on it. Like sometimes you just, you just, even if it's bad for you, you just let it happen. And after hearing that, it really, like, it really helped me like sculpt my starting hands. So it's like, okay, I have one counter spell and it's like, okay, I'm not going to snap this, like. I'm not gonna snap this swan song on a blind obedience just because like i really oh no my, my dockside to yeah. work yeah i really want my dockside to work right off the bat um maybe maybe at this point it's better to just fold it and like wait until something that matters goes on the stack like a thoracle that goes on the stack next turn like the thoracle mm -hmm. consult and you swan song with consoles or whatever it, or like um, an, an ensuing or inevitable counter spell war that's gonna happen yes um but then at the same time i feel like it's also a, a it's I feel it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's a dangerous path to walk, a slippery slope. Because then, because then you get into this mindset of like, oh well, like that's bad, but something worse might come along. Oh well, that's also really bad, especially with that thing. But something else might come along, and like you just keep kicking the can down the road, and then eventually um, you're just being smothered by all these value engines, stack pieces, blah blah blah, and you still haven't cast like your interaction piece, just because you wanted to save it for the next worst thing right yeah you're, you're, um, you're so, dying holding the answer in your hand not even for yeah. like not even for like uh oh my god prior not even for like priority reasons just like i don't know when to use this or like yeah, the window is so far gone or something yeah. yeah and so i feel like that's that's the other thing it's like sometimes sometimes it is also correct to just force some negation someone's blind obedience mm -hmm. um based like 
If if you're the only deck that's like an artifact centric deck, and the other two decks at, at the table are green, and someone's casting their blind obedience, just sometimes you just force of negation that oh. instead of waiting. No, yeah, sometimes you just force a negation then. If you're the only artifact deck, right? Like well, that card I guess, can yeah. only punish you, and no one else cares about removing it ever. Well, I mean, like you, I guess you in just, certain instances, you just like, hit creatures that, right? Tapped, like yeah, yeah. I think I think like there are certain times where it's it's like all right, this is my moment. You have mm. to. It's really hard to gauge those, especially early in the game. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's a decision that like that's 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 like uh. Uh, it's a discipline that really only comes with time, I think. Like, that that kind of, like, this counter spell is squarely going to be used to push me ahead specifically. Like, you can't be... There, There's a balance to, like, the amount of greed I think you can hold with your interactive pieces. Like, be it removal spells or counter spells or whatever. Like, there is a certain level... I guess counter spells are going to be more... Like, you can play more greedy. Ah, no, removal no, spells you can play. Removal spells you can play greedy <laughs> because you can like end step try and kill something to try and set up your window. I I, yeah. I take that back. It's it, pretty similar but on different axes, yes. um, where you can use this to your advantage, but at the same time, like you either have to be so sure or like hundred percent or like you are opening up the table to taking uh to seat three essentially. Yeah, overly greedy counterspellers mm -hmm. are my absolute nightmare. They're like, yes, I know that they're doing X, Y, Z thing, but I'm going to save my counterspell to defend my win attempt. And you're just like, if this spell resolves, we, we don't die. lose now, but the game is over. Yeah. Like, and I think that's something that people just don't see either, which is just so frustrating. It's like, it's, it's that macro play that like, like long-term vision where you're looking like six turns later. And it's like, it doesn't matter that this doesn't kill us because we're losing to it now in six rotations yeah. and the game will not be over before that mm -hmm. and yeah. people are like no i'm gonna save it. i'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it. like no please please you don't understand uh, i guess it's similar with like removal in an aspect because like when you have removal like you are the person that's supposed to be like strategically answering the stacks pieces for the table like that is that is your primary function is to relieve key players at key moments of specific stacks pieces or specifically to stop creature combos because like sure nice force of will in hand i resolved the, i resolved the birthing pod like a turn or two beforehand like force of will doesn't do anything against pod activation you know yeah and, and so you have to be ready for those things or like being able to like i said alleviate certain people of their stacks pieces which is a big level up for moment for me is like making sure that even though I have my finger on the button, knowing who to press the button for. Yeah, that's and that's another really hard thing to gauge too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mulligans are tough. Mulligans are very tough because like games change so fast and and they're so dynamic. Like you can have like the most rock solid like seven, five good uh, good sixes, you know, and and like over the course of two turns, you go, ah, yes, this hand was the worst thing in the world to keep. Absolutely. Yeah, I've definitely been like, all right. I'm gonna cast this turn one like one ring or risk mm -hmm. or something like mm -hmm. that, and the next turn it's like collect roof or rule of law or something. And you're just like, wow, this that hand is, the worst is so thing. bad. Yeah, <laughs> I cannot believe that I kept this now knowing what I know. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so things like that just awful feel bad moments. But I mean, it also goes the flip side too, right? You're like, I guess like I guess I'll keep this for it's kind of like risky, but I guess it could work in theory, and then like. On turn three, you rip the Oxide Extortions off the, off the top, and the count is like six, and you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to win the game now. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes that just happens too. It's like, 
wow. <laughs> Variants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you change your mulligans at all when you when you're in different seats because i feel like i definitely do i i, oh, I tr definitely I, I try and keep faster hands if i'm going uh like first or second that, that's and that's why i kind of start off with like my first or second seat decisions are substantially different from my like, third or fourth seat positions because i feel like with my first and second seats i'm looking to try and win faster generally yeah. speaking or I'm, I'm looking to i guess maybe not like win directly i'm looking to establish do a dominant position early. yeah uh, and i think Oh, go ahead. From a control perspective, um, I still value, like, what my role is, like, what cards I need to answer the other decks more than, like, mm -hmm. necessarily, am I the aggressor or am I the defender? Uh, because I'm always the defender. Um, but that said, sometimes, I, sometimes I'll sometimes i be in seat one and I'll be like, all right, I'm going to cut, or seat two, and I'll keep a really explosive hand, right? Um, or some, But sometimes also, like, sometimes I'm in seat four and I, I'm like, okay... I know that this is turn one risk study in seat four is not going to be amazing because people, if they want to, can always just play around it. But then also, if they play around it for one turn, they're kind of stuck playing around it for the rest of the game. Yeah, you're, you so, just catch up there. Yeah, and so you're able to catch up from seat four. And it's like, and so I know that I'm, if I'm doing that, like my really explosive hand is all it's doing is serve to slow down the game, which is something that I'm okay with because I'm in seat four, right? So it's it goes back to like I'll. I'll joke, like, you can change the turn order if someone goes really deep on a mulligan, right? They're like, man, I'm going to four, and they just, like, they're just, like, got the most distraught look on their face. They're going, oh, man, this hand sucks. Like, I just, I haven't drawn anything off of all my cards. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm not actually going fourth. I'm going third now. <laughs> like, like, oh, just, <laughs> cool, this hand can afford to do nothing. <laughs> yeah, right? Or or you get a gemstone caverns in seat two, and you actually just went first. You didn't go second. You actually went Oh, God, um, what a glorious feeling, Gemstone. Okay, per, what's the percentage of times that you just, like, see Gemstone Cameron? You're like, oh, I'm not going first? Yeah, this hand's instantly a keeper. Or, like, do you, do you instantly uh, go... Do, how much does it change when you see Gemstone Caverns when you're not going first? It definitely, it definitely has a substantial impact. Like, I'm probably keeping about 60% of the hands that can start with a Gemstone in play, at least, um, if not more. Just, okay. like... At base, right? Because you're starting with an extra land in play, and that's huge because it taps for any color. Um, but also, like, I've definitely thrown hands back where it's like, all right, gemstone caverns and a mana crypt. Let's go. Oh wait, this hand doesn't do it. <laughs> and that's 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 one of the things that has been the weirdest revelation for me. Is like, oh man, this hand's great. And you go, yep, this hand's great. Yeah, it trap hands. Got to be so careful about. Those. Doesn't do anything. Or like, yeah. like yeah. The, the worst is like when I have like a lot of land and removal and I'm just like, cool, this hand just answers anything. The pod does not need me to answer everything. Like this is yep. terrible. You need something to advance your own game plan. Like you gotta have one piece of action at least, I feel like. Yeah. Unless you're in seat three or four and like you're already going low while other people might've kept higher hands. And at that point you're like starting to get to the point where Alright, well, I guess I just need to be able to answer something to shut down someone else, so I might be able to draw into action at that point. Um, that's the hardest part, honestly, is just just figuring that out. Yeah. It, yeah, the, 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 man, this hand is cracked. Wait a minute. On second glance. Look at the table. Who is in the pod? Yeah, never mind. This, this hand doesn't do anything. It's, it's, yeah. it's such a, it's such a rough feeling, but I feel like if you can, if you can reach that conclusion on like your hand like that that in and of itself is a great skill to like have because it means absolutely it means that you are thinking things through 
a couple of turns in advance. You're, you're trying to see the, the ways that things are going to play out. Like sometimes you have two turbo turbo decks at the table and you're like, this hand is exactly land removal and my commander does not draw me cards at all or very little cards at that. We're just going to have to hope that this is good and we'll figure out how we're going to win the game later on. But for right now, we're focusing on not losing. Yeah, I yeah, because I I know that for my list at least there have been a, there are a number of times where it's like okay this hand is really good got like a ranger captain on turn two followed by like proceeding with a man of dwarfs oh my god this hand's so good and then you look at it and you look at the table and you're like creature decks these are all creature based decks mm -hmm. this hand doesn't do anything mm -hmm. <laughs> like even even if the ranger captain was good even then like it still might not do anything <laughs> like you're like eh. the, the amount of times I'm like oh throw it back the amount of times I'm like oh. Yeah, Birthing Pod plus Pyroblast, hell yeah. Wait a minute, there is one blue pod and I am going after the person that they need to respond. This Pyroblast doesn't do anything here. It just doesn't yeah. do anything here. Yeah. Like, oh no, it's going to blow up a Rhystic Study. No, 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 no. We need to keep the Rhystic Study around for a little while longer because we don't have the tools to deal with things on the stack. Can't do that. Gotta, gotta let the blue player play a little bit, unfortunately. <laughs> I know, cringe. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a really interesting thing for sure. I think um, I think that it definitely gets easier over time. Definitely, but, definitely. But it's also it's just such a hard thing to get into the mindset of in the first place, where you're like, all right, I want a mulligan better. And then at least for me, it was the case like I want a mulligan better. And then you see like seven mediocre cards, and you're like, oh god, this is, I'll, I'll I'll keep it. And then you lose and uh, to someone who mulled the four, and you're like, what the fuck? Come on, man, how is that possible? I have yeah. more cards in my hand. Uh, it's it's it, it it almost feels like correct or symbolic. And you're like, okay, my mulligans have been slipping, or I need to start like getting good at my yeah. mulligans. I'm gonna start taking them considerably. It's like for five games in a row, you are going to mull to five, and that is going to be the worst set of five that you see every time. Also, two of your mulligans were no landers, no rocks, so you have to mulligan them anyway. And it's just like, oh my fuck, is this even worth considering? It, it like it always is worth considering because it is one of the most direct ways that you can contribute to the game that you can improve your own gameplay because this is literally how you are starting the game like you have a choice in that you have a way to not necessarily sculpt your hand but you have control over it and having control over those things means you can start to pick and choose you can start to figure things out from there and it's it, it's it's great it's a it's a fundamental skill for a reason i remember like when i when i started doing like 60 card mulligan like trying to mulligan better like that i feel like that ends up being more like matchups and like that's gonna matter like games two game three more so than anything else but even still like going going game one blind like there is there's still a skill to okay no this hand like does a decent amount or like this hand can answer something or like it it you have a good hand versus you you know what a good hand is versus you know what a bad hand I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So, yeah. It's all just player skill. Yeah. All right. Well, I think the real skill difference is uh, we're out of things to talk about. We've we've mulliganed down to zero here, I think. <laughs> no cards in hand. No cards in hand. We have top decked. Uh, like, what's the best, like, top deck when you mull to zero? Like, Mana Crypt? Command Tower. Command Tower. Actually, yeah, Command Tower is actually the real answer because from there, like, all your one drops turn on. Yeah, that's the correct answer, I think. Command Tower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, actually, it's not Command Tower. Everybody knows the best top deck is Gemstone Caverns. 
Yes, oh. that is that is never a sad land. God, holy shit. The amount of times I see that card drawn, I'm like, this, why am I running this stupid fucking card? And then I win games off, I'm like, that's why we run this stupid fucking card. Yeah, card's good. Alright, well, I want to thank everybody for listening. Atlas, as always, fantastic conversations. Always, so always, good, always, yeah. always a good time. Um, to our listeners, uh, if you haven't joined the Discord yet, please join. Uh, it's a good time. It's a good time. Um, Get some conversations started in there. Um, nothing too crazy yet, but we do have a channel for submissions, so we'll uh, we'll ask for more more input on episode topics and things like that. Yeah. And then, um, if you're interested in supporting the channel? We've got a Patreon now, so you can mm-hmm. check that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I do want to plug the submissions channel in the Discord. Uh, I I do have like a small library of music. Please, if you have like good like chill music that's royalty free, I'm always looking for new music. I'm always looking for like ways to make the show better, topics, ideas, anything. Please, I want to use this Discord as a way for uh, us to be able to communicate with you, our audience, because uh, I want to make the show better. And the only way I can do that is by getting feedback. Uh, and yeah, that's all I got to say on that. We'll catch you next time.